the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. I know you're all out there trying to do some fun things this fall. And I wanted to take this opportunity to reach out to a very special guest. Now, I know I've been chastised for calling all my guests special, but this is actually a very special guest. This is Brad Dacus. Brad Dacus of the Pacific Justice Institute. PJI.org is their website if you want to find out more about them. And you will, because once you figure out the kind of work that this guy's been doing on your behalf for your civil rights, for your civil liberties, and including your Second Amendment rights, you're going to want to find out more. So um, let me just bring him straight on. Uh, his time's way more valuable than mine. So, Brad, how's your morning going? Uh, pretty hectic, but doing well. Yeah, I know. They're they're all hectic for you, aren't they? <laughs> well, not all, not all. But uh, uh, the uh, uh, Epoch Times, uh, I'm going to be talking to them right after we're done with this one. So it's a it's pretty, pretty active morning. Very good. So one of the things I want to talk to you, well, let's just give a little uh, under a little background on what Pacific Justice Institute is, what they do sure. and who you are. Yeah, thank you. And I appreciate this opportunity and I appreciate the work that you're doing. Uh, yeah, I founded the Pacific Justice Institute back in 1997 with the help of former U.S. Attorney General Ed Meese. Uh, that's 25 years ago. Fast forward, we, uh, we defend religious freedom, parents' rights, and the sanctity of human life without charge all across the United States. We have more offices in more states than any other organization of our kind, uh, bar none. Uh, we, uh, we are actively engaging in, in uniquely making sure uh, that everyone gets help. So we don't just cherry pick a few high profile cases that look good for funding development purposes. Uh, we work hard to make sure that everyone gets help, that no one's left on the side of the road. Uh, so we have right now over 100 cases in active litigation. Uh, plus, there's countless numbers more that we uh, take on and get resolved without litigation. Uh, and just one case alone, like, for example, our lawsuit against San Francisco, we're representing over 1,000 plaintiffs, over 1,000 employees who are wrongfully uh, fired because of their faith. So we're very busy, and uh, it's been a joy to serve, and so many countless numbers without charge over the years. And if people want to keep up with our work um, or they like to support our work, we're a nonprofit 501c3, tax deductible, uh, or they'd like to get our, our, our weekly newsletter, the email and updates, they should just go to pji.org, P for Pacific, J for Justice, I for Institute.org, and uh, we'd love to serve them without charge. And 25 years you've been doing this, and how That's many right. victories have you had? Countless numbers. Right. I. Countless numbers of victories. Um, well over 90% of our case matters end up in, in a victory. We do our we do high-quality legal work. We have a great team and um, with, with humble hearts to serve. And uh, it's, it's, it really works very well to, uh, as, uh, as we all work together to uh, take on these major, uh, major challenges to our freedoms and liberties. We also get involved in equipping and empowering people. So we litigate, but we also empower. On our website, we've got great resources like uh, 12 Steps to Protect Your Children from Social Workers or CPS. Uh, very important. Every parent should have that. Uh, and then we have other uh, resources as well that can really empower parents and in, in, in churches and people of faith uh, in uh, many other ways as well. So uh, yeah. we're, we're definitely engaging. And, and the rest of the show, we want to end up talking about one of those is your yes. church security uh, information. So we want to make sure we, we dive pretty deep into that. Um, but the topics that you deal with generally are, and I mean, are you specific as far as which topics you're going to represent? 
Yeah, just um, we're very, very broad. So if it deals with religious freedom, uh, assuming it's not an intra-church dispute, we don't get involved in those, uh, we take those on. Uh, parents' rights, uh, parents against the government, um, yeah, we, we take those on. We'll sue school districts and defend parents' rights to homeschool. If it's one parent versus another parent, yeah, we don't get involved in those. Uh, so, and then uh, sanctity of human life, very broad. We help uh, pro-life clinics, pro-life counseling, pro-life free speech. We also sue Planned Parenthood uh, very aggressively. And we also uh, work hard to uh, intervene to save the lives, for example, of a little baby or an elderly person who's being uh, having the, 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 the plug pulled, if you will, and uh, sentenced to death when in reality uh, they're not brain dead and there hasn't been an opportunity for the family to have a second opinion. Uh, we've gotten involved in those uh, those cases as well, and we've saved lives, um, little infants and adults. Uh, I think I saw that in, in Monty Python, the Holy Grail, where, you know, I'm not quite dead yet. Um, yeah. yeah, and also another example are, uh, you know, people who uh, have not had the COVID vaccine and for religious reasons, strong convictions, which now there's a lot of scientific justification for not, not uh, getting it. Uh, but, um, you know, despite whatever people may believe on it, uh, you know, these in, there's a lot of individuals with, with deep convictions. Well, there's a number of them who are waiting for organ transplants. And about 8% of our hospitals are requiring these people to be vaxxed in order to get a life-saving organ transplant. Uh, we have a gentleman we're representing who's a veteran in the Air Force, uh, served his country, and uh, he's being denied uh, kidney transplants, which are critical. His, his existing kidneys only are 4% functional, and he's going to die. Well, we have over 100 people like him we're representing who are literally on, on death row because of their refusal to get the vax. They're going to die. And so that's a, a classic example. And another example on religious freedoms, a little you know, outside the box, is uh, dealing with religious asylum for people from communist countries or Muslim countries. Christians or Jews who are desperately uh, wanting not to be sent back to death. Uh, we have about 100 Christian Afghan refugees uh, who uh, were able to get out of Afghanistan, but they're in a concentration camp in a hostile Muslim country. And we at the Pacific Justice Institute have been called in by a, a Baptist mission organization uh, to, uh, to get them out and to get them here in the United States where they can do some wonderful ministry work for Muslim Afghan refugees uh, here in this country. Um, so... Uh, we've got some exciting things we're undertaking right now. So I'm going to I'm going to make a random guess that you are not representing the uh, Satanist group that wants to keep abortion open because it's one of their sacraments. I'm just going to make a guess that that's <laughs> probably not a. Did you see? I mean, obviously, you saw that, right? No, I, I haven't seen that. Um, it's it's obviously pretextual. Uh, you know, it, this is you know people who when they say they're Satanists, uh, they're really atheists. Uh, who are going through these motions uh, just to to jab, uh, either just to annoy and jab people of faith out of out of actually religious intolerance, uh, or in or uh, trying to uh, push the envelope to intimidate local governments and others to squ- to squash all religious expression, all religious accommodation, for fear that these Satanists are going to put a Satan flag up or something like that. Um, it's actually, they're actually very intolerant um, groups, often driven by hatred towards people with sincere faith and a, and a real, in a, in a belief in a real God. So these are, these are predominantly just a pretextual. You have some who are, you know, into it, but um, in these kinds of contexts, are, it's usually atheists positioning themselves to do that. You have in, in schools, high schools, you know, you have Satanist clubs. These are really atheists uh, trying to, to jab Christian clubs and people of faith. They have a headline. Yeah, and they should be called out accordingly because that's that's really what they what they are. So these we don't take those kind of those kind of case matters uh, seriously. You're you're absolutely right. So you're um you're based in California now. Is it, are you just staying here because that's where the fight is? You, it, it's a lot easier. You don't have to travel back and forth to the different courts because all of them are here. Right. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're here in I'm here in California. Um, we're, we're very busy, uh, you know, I'm here in Orange County specifically because, uh, I used to live in Sacramento, but I've got, uh, population, uh, about 70% of the population of the, uh, state of California within an hour and a half of my home. So, uh, there's a real advantage to that. Uh, 
But uh, we have offices that we have six offices in California. And then we also have, um, you know, offices uh, all across the United States, from Seattle to, to Miami to Boston to uh, Orange County, from Chicago to, to Houston and places in between. You know, wherever there's a large blue blotch on the U.S. map, you can be assured that there's very likely a, a, a Pacific Justice Institute uh, flag uh, that's, uh, that's landed and, uh, and uh, ready to go to bat there in that, that area. Very good, folks. That's that's who Brad is. He's been a fighter for years. I've known him for quite some time. We actually had him out at the tea party a few times out here in Southern California. But um, with that background, you know, this show we focus on the Second Amendment. You know, we're we love all all the amendments. We love the Bill of Rights. We focus on the Second Amendment because I have to keep it simple for myself. You can handle all those fighting justice on all the different fronts. I just need to keep it simple. Now. One of the things that's been under attack by um, our government has been our ability to carry uh, defensive weapons of any kind in certain areas, in restricted areas. And some of those areas are schools, some of those areas are churches. And we want to talk about that when we come back and your church security system. Folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check out Brad Dacus at pji.org, pji.org. We'll be right back after this. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice, no sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Plant Home Lending LLC and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. That's right, folks. It's Boomstick Radio. This is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. And as you know, each week on the Firing Line Radio Show, the conversation revolves around firearms, hunting, and Second Amendment issues. But one of the show's stalwart supporters has always been Vince Torres over at Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside. Vince and his team of experts are second to none in their knowledge and passion for all that this show stands for. If you're not armed for protection or recreation, stop in at Bullseye Sport for small arms, rifles, shotguns, ammos, accessories, and much more. Bullseye Sport stocks all name brands like Beretta, Ruger, Glock, Winchester, and many more. If they don't have it, they'll get it. They welcome all levels of shooting enthusiasts, especially ladies, considering firearms for the first time. Bullseye Sports is the best selection of prices every day. Stop in, mention you heard me, Philip Naiman, on AM 590's Firing Line Radio Show, and talk about Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside. Near the corner of Brockton and San Simeon Way, hit the bullseye, go see Vince. You know, I, I really do appreciate his support because he makes this radio show happen. And folks, you want to be involved, go see Vince. He'll give you a great deal. Tell him you heard it on the show and uh, 
then I'll get a great deal. Philip Naiman here. I've got Brad Dacus on the line from uh, Pacific Justice Institute, pji.org, pji.org. We just talked in our first segment about all the great things that they do and how busy this gentleman is. And, and I do appreciate the amount of time he's giving us for this, this uh, interview. I want to jump right to it. One of the reasons that I wanted to have you on this show where we're Second Amendment focused, and not only are we all, for all of our civil rights, but we're Second Amendment focused on this, as I explained, as we want to, um, we want to go over your church security seminar and system. Um, in California, with the Gavin Newsom, who is running for president, I am pretty darn sure of that, uh, he had, well, not just he, but the state legislature, and in many other states, they've been passing laws about where you can actually carry a firearm. And some of those restricted areas have to do with schools. And it's like, well, geez, that makes sense. Maybe we shouldn't have a gun in a school. Um, then only the bad guys can have guns in schools. But many of those schools are leased out over the weekend for church services. And they didn't give any kind of a delineation between, you know, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. weekdays versus that property is like a holy grail that no firearm can ever be there to defend anybody. So I want to... Um, reach out to Brad and, and start with that premise and then go through the rest of, of your church security detail, if that's all right. No, yes, I'd be happy to. Um, so, yeah, so uh, as, as far as giving an overview of what um, you know, we have on our website, a wonderful resource, I was just trying to look it up, um, that deals with church security and a, a video presentation that we talked about. Um, we put it together with the help of um, attorney Ronald uh, Hackenberg. Uh, Ronald is someone who is uh, heads up our office out of Mississippi. Uh, he opened that office after 20 years of law enforcement service in California. And his specialty, one of his specialties was dealing with, uh, you know, providing security for churches and uh, community buildings and facilities from vandalism, from mobs, from violence, uh, et cetera, uh, and, uh, and how they can protect themselves. So we have some real hands-on experience uh, in putting this together. Uh, you know, of course, we at Pacific Justice Institute are also principally, uh, you know, very uh, you know supportive of the Second Amendment. It's right after the First Amendment. First Amendment, I think, is the most important: our ability to express ourselves, to live our faith, to freedom of the press, you know, freedom to gather. Uh, but this right behind is the Second Amendment, and that is the ability for we, the people, to be able to. Uh, when push comes to shove, uh, to be able to secure these rights in the event that government uh, breaches uh, their commitment uh, via the Constitution to do so. So uh, this is a very, very important right. Um, I want to, as far as, uh, give a little background as far as some of the case law on this uh, in terms of uh, usage of a firearm, because I think that's real fundamental for many churches. Uh, some churches have policies where there's, there's no weapon, there's no firearms, and some have done so very proudly, thinking that, oh, you know, we're, we're above this violence, you know, and guns, and, and we're just trusting in the Lord, and we're going to, you know, allow this to, you know, you know we're, we're just peaceful, and we'll just you know, love anyone who comes in and just embrace them, and they'll, they'll have no problem. Well, we, we now know in reality that that's not the case. Uh, churches do get attacked, um, and, you know, from, no, no matter how well-meaning the church may be and loving they may be, uh, you have evil people out there because we live in an evil world. So, uh, so churches need to be able to protect themselves and defend themselves. And um, their right to be able to bear arms is very important. A problem we had with a number of states across uh, the country, states like California, New York, and others, and, is that they would often uh, prohibit guns from being uh, outside the home, or they'd have conditional use permits, but make it very difficult. Uh, there was a very important decision against uh, came out of New York uh, recently with the the last Supreme Court the Bruin, the Bruin case. Yes, yes, uh, decision. And this case is very fundamental because the state of New York was saying, okay, you can you can have a a right to bear arms in your house to protect you against a criminal coming in, you know, to hurt your family. Uh, but you, you don't, you're not entitled to, to bear arms outside your house. And we, the state of New York, know what's best. We're going to prohibit you from being able to defend yourself. Of course, we know what happens in New York, New York City. Innocent people get shot and killed all the time by thugs. 
Or, um, or stabbed, stabbed 47 times on the corner in broad daylight. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's, it's easy for them to do so. These, these, these kind of these criminals, uh, uh, whether it's in the form of a robbery or smash and grab or, or whether it's just out of just hatred and, and malicious and just maliciousness or someone who's crazy, they do it with confidence knowing that no one's going to be able to stop them because guns are illegal and people can't hold them, uh, bear arms. Well, the Supreme Court looked at this, and they looked at this, this case, and they said, uh, they said, no, the right to bear arms in the Constitution doesn't say in your home. It's, just, it's the right to bear arms. And if you look at the understanding of why we have the right to bear arms, it's not just to protect ourselves against criminals coming in our house. Historically, the right to bear arms was important, was a as I alluded to earlier, it was a, an important backdrop for ensuring that our rights are still protected if this government thing under the Constitution turns out to be corrupt and turns against the people. They have the ability to step up and take back their government because we are a nation of the people. Um, so the, the Supreme Court understood the Constitution. They looked at this and they said, no, the right to bear arms includes not just in your home, but outside your home. And this is very, very basic and fundamental. Now, the state of New York, uh, they've decided they're going to try to get around it. So they said, okay, fine. Well, we'll ban guns, um, arms being born uh, in, uh, in subways. Uh, we'll ban there in, uh, in public parks. Um, and so they have the, all these re- restrictions. I think um, those restrictions are also going to be shot down as unconstitutional. It's just the state of New York and the city of New York in particular to just simply trying to get around uh, the Supreme Court ruling. It's a historic ruling. And basically what it means is, is that churches can have have guns uh, in their premises. They can have people with guns in their premises. And, uh, and this is very important. So we at Pacific Justice are encouraging churches. Point one is to have people in their church during church services uh, with concealed weapons. Uh, they, of course, they need to comply with concealed weapon permit requirements um, pursuant to the state, you know, re- requirements that you're dealing with. Uh, we're not, you know, you don't go against the law, but understand that they, in the past, you know, they've, they've, you know, parts of California, San Jose, for example, um, and that whole area has, of, you know, the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, they've denied uh, concealed weapon permits, just flat out denied them often. L.A. County for years until this last year, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they can no longer do that with this case precedent. And if they try to do that and just arbitrarily uh, deny someone, uh, that person will have a, a great case to take uh, back up to the Supreme Court. And uh, so that's very important for people to understand that times have changed. Uh, so uh, who should bear arms in the church? And who should get a conditional use permit? Well, you don't want everyone. Uh, some people have temperaments that are probably better off not not having them. Uh, you want to have someone who has, uh, ideally, ideally, the, is someone who has law enforcement experience, security work experience, uh, military experience, someone who's used guns, have been trained with guns. Um, they've been in, perhaps in situations where they have had, may have had to have used firearms. Uh, that's the best for a number of reasons. Of course, number one, it's just logical they're going to be the least likely to make a mistake. Uh, but second is for legal reasons. Let's say that the church is sued. Uh, let's say someone comes into the church and there's a physical force used against them, possibly a gun. Um, do you want, uh, you know, would you rather have uh, a former defensive lineman, you know, from high school or college, you know, defensive lineman, you know, tackling them or, or using a gun? Um, that would be, you know, and you've got to defend whether or not that was reasonable use of force. Uh, it, it, the problem is if that person file, is hurt and files a lawsuit against the church, they're going to cross-examine that individual that used force and say, so how many people have you tackled? Football player? Quite a few, huh? Yeah. So you're used to just tackling Slamming people. them into the concrete. Yeah, exactly. slamming them in. And, you know, you brought up a lot of points. We're going we're gonna to run to a commercial break here. A lot of good points. Who carries training standards, how to protect the church, how to protect yourselves. Folks, Philip Naiman, check out Brad Dacus at PJI.org, PJI.org, FiringLineRadio.com for all of our podcasts. We'll be right back after this. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. 
If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. AM590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Spartans! Lay down your weapons! Hey folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Neyman here with Brad Dacus from PJI.org, Pacific Justice Institute. They don't just work in California. This is a nationwide organization. If you've got a blue town near you, they're in there defending your civil rights. So, and obviously, they are, when they, when they defend somebody, it's no cost. How does that happen? It happens because people like you, the great listeners of this show, send them funds at PJI, PJI.org. You know, you hear about these cases that are happening in another state and say you're in, you're in Prescott. Everything's beautiful where you are, right? Perfect place. Um, when you hear about the craziness out there, you can send funds to help defend that. You can fight from where you are through the Pacific Justice Institute. So PJI.org. Specifically here with Brad, we're talking about their church security seminar and services that they have. Uh, his last segment, we talked about, you know, who carries the church. If you're in an official usher or security position, the church should have, well, will have the ability to decide who he's giving some ideas as to who is qualified or things to think about for your church. Also training standards, right? Are they, are they documented? Do you have anything like that? So Brad, let's pick it up from there. You just sure. talked about who carries. You don't really want the uh, 270 pound defensive lineman doing a uh, double leg takedown into a guardrail um, unless the guy deserves it. And then I'm all for it, but you need, you need somebody who knows how to restraint force, use proper force, not too much. Um, and then are there training standards you guys recommend? Yeah, certainly. So um, you don't want the someone who is untrained with, you know, a uh, former football player. That's the worst case scenario in many ways. You want someone who tackling idea- stuff like this. Yes, exactly. You want to have someone that uh, is has uh, experience, ideally occupationally with a gun. Now, some churches or synagogues, they may not have that. They just simply, you know, that may not be, they may not have anyone in their congregation like that. Well, what they need to do then is, um, as people who feel comfortable with, with, with guns, some people don't, so you don't want to push them, but if they do feel comfortable, uh, you want them to, uh, to go through training, uh, a training process, training seminar. Uh, and part of that training is there's two parts to it. Well, part of it is to, uh, to, to train them obviously on how to use it, when to use it, when not to use it. But part of it also is determining whether or not they're suitable uh, right. to use it. And, uh, you know, for example, uh, you know, I know of people who've been trained before uh, for churches, for law enforcement, and uh, they go through the testing process. And uh, when push comes to shove, you've got, uh, I've heard, you know, one person, you know, goes out and, and just, um, you know, starts shooting and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're too impulsive. Uh, the other one, you know, the, the, the criminal comes in and starts shooting the congregation. And this person just hits the, hits the floor and, and just sits there and sort of assesses what's going on. Um, why more people are being shot and killed. So you know, that's, how they, that's how they function. That's how they are. Uh, you want someone right there that's balanced, can think quickly, non-compulsively, and uh, know exactly what to do and, and has that, that balance. And mentally, emotionally balanced is very important. You don't want someone who is uh, on uh, you know, uh, medications that could alter their mental ability to, uh, to think rationally and, and, and properly. Um, 
individuals who are going through um, you know personal emotional issues or family issues maybe they're step down you know step down for that time period yeah step down uh, depression Uh, and I, I I don't say this lightly because you know it's not uncommon for people to have depression at some times in their life. Sometimes there's things that just happen uh, that can cause them to to feel depressed and in and in uh, those situations. Or you may have someone has an issue with uh, with alcohol, uh, perhaps. That's a big red red uh, warning flag as well. So these are some some qualifiers that they need to go through training. Whoever they are, you, you want them to go through training, not just for the the practicality of it, but also for the legal liability of it. It helps yep. defend you if your church is sued. Uh, later in a court of law, um, that's that's very important. Churches also should have policies on how to deal with people um, from an incremental perspective uh, coming into the church. So, um, you know, sometimes churches will just have people walk into the church, and and that's it. There's no one, you know, there really to greet them. Sometimes you'll have someone just greeting them as right as they're going into the sanctuary. Uh, what we recommend, and I've seen this done well uh, at times. Uh, where you have people greeting greeting individuals as they're coming uh, out of the parking lot into the outside sidewalk area. And I, I'll never forget this. I, I do a lot of guest speaking at churches, and um, I, I, I love to do that. But uh, I was wearing a suit and tie, and I definitely stood out because I think this was a Calvary Chapel. And uh, I, was, <laughs> I was wearing a no suit and tie. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely had a, 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 yeah, an error there in my uh, – prior, uh, you know, planning. But anyway, so I'm, I'm got out of my car. I'm in the parking lot. I'm just stepping up to the, the curve. These two men are right there to greet me. And they give me that, you know, firm handshake, look at me eye to eye. Welcome. Glad to have you. Um, they're assessing my, my grip. Um, is it shaking? Is it, you know, uh, unstable? Are they looking at me in the eyes? Is any, you know, they are assessing me Real clearly talking to me. Well, you had a jacket and tie on. They thought you were there to serve somebody. Yeah, they 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 were probably a little nervous in that regard. So uh, I'm sure. So anyway, they uh, so they assessed me, uh, approved me. I you know of course in a very friendly way. I walk up the steps uh, to the next area right in front of the church. There's two people right there to greet me, talk you know connecting with me, assessing me. Uh, then I go. Inside the church, in the church lobby, right before I go into the sanctuary, uh, there's someone there to greet me as I'm going into the sanctuary. Someone there in the sanctuary, uh, they're greeting me to to find a place for me to sit. They have multi-layers here of people assessing me as I come in Mm -hmm. for the sake of, of of course, to exhibit the love of Christ and connect with me, but also to to make sure that I'm not going to be a danger or risk. It's very important. and it's also, let's say you have someone that's, let's say it's a someone who, who's really dressed weird. Okay, now, suit and tie can be weird, depending on your congregation, but let's take it a little differently. Um, let's say you've got someone who uh, is someone who normally you don't expect to be attending your church, d- dressed a different way. Maybe it's a, a man dressed like a woman. Okay, let's, um, you know, does your, should your church, you know, put them to the ground? No, that, just because they're dressed differently or look differently doesn't mean they're they're a violent threat but what about a disruptor uh you don't you know you want to assess them to see are they coming to disrupt or are they coming to seek and to connect and to find uh and that's real important as well so you want to make sure that your your staff are are trained not to have immediate assumptions that the reason someone is there to, is to disrupt uh, although it's very possible we've seen this happen in churches uh but if the, you want to assess you know why are they there um, if they sit down somewhere, um, maybe having someone who uh, is, is able and trained to connect with people who might be a potential disruptor to be able to sit down and, in a way that's very loving and, and, and caring and, and connecting, but also very trained and astute on how to deal with potential disruptors, violent or otherwise. Now, is uh, this all the stuff that you guys go through with your seminar? Yes. Yeah. So yes. Um, how does somebody set up a seminar for your church? For their church. Yeah. Um, what they need to do is just contact our office at pji.org. And, uh, and, and, and uh, first, I encourage them to do on our website is to uh, take a look at the resources we have. Uh, written ten, materials ten, pages, on this. 10 pages of documents there, folks, that really spell a lot of the stuff out. 
Yeah, and it's it's really well done. Um, so I would do that first. Uh, see if that's if that's sufficient or not. And um, if they have more questions than, and they'd like to do something with their church, church elders, we can have that uh, set up and established. Uh, we can, uh, depending on where they're located, we'd possibly do it in person or we could do it via Zoom. Uh, we even have a church liaison, a full-time uh, pastor church liaison, uh, Peter Mort, who heads up our church engagement office in Palmdale, California. Uh, that's what he does. He connects with churches to meet their needs. What do they need? How can we fill those needs? Always without charge. Uh, so we have a real uh, operation, if you will, for the purpose of serving churches and their needs uh, in, in so many different areas, whether it's helping them with their bylaws, protecting them with, in terms of uh, liability and their, their free speech rights, uh, and empowering them to have their, their voice heard in different forums, uh, starting uh, homeschool uh, co-ops at their church, uh, private schools, um, there's just uh, so many um, you know, opportunities for us to serve. Uh, this is just one of, of, a, of a number of opportunities uh, in, in terms of uh, serving churches. Uh, that is security and helping with church security. So you, you do these seminars free of charge, but there's an expense to doing that. So typically, do you have any idea of what, what, what would be an adequate, you know, the church should cover the expense, right? You uh, well, we we don't we don't ask. We don't them to charge, do but we don't charge. We don't make a suggestion. We don't even mention it. Right. I'm going to make yeah, a suggestion: just, cover the expenses and then some. Okay, yeah, we're we, we, firing line radio show. We'll be right back here with Brad Dacus. Pete, he's too nice a guy, folks. PJI, unless you're in the courtroom. PJI.org. PJI.org. He's out here defending you. We'll be back here for one more segment, and then we're going to let him go. Hi folks, Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated million dollars for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. I'd like to introduce you to a new sponsor to the show, Sean Gibbs of Ask Defensive Training Company. They're in Redlands, California. They also sell guns and ammo. But the most important thing that they have for you here today is their training courses. Ask kind of an interesting name. Why would you call it that for guns and ammo? Well, ASK stands for Attitude, Skills, and Knowledge. And that's what they focus on at ASK Defensive Training. Sean has basic courses for a first-time gun buyer. If you're not familiar with your firearm, you want to be able to use it safely, perfect place for that. He has also additional courses for defensive handgun, advanced handgun, and even learning how to shoot a firearm in low-light situations bring your mag light. So folks, check them out at askdefensive.com, askdefensive.com for a schedule of classes. He's got a great store in there too. So buy what you want, train what you want, askdefensive.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Yes! Great hunter. Yes? Fine figure of a man, yes? Yes? Yes. That is all you need to know for now. Hey folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check out our podcast at firinglineradio.com. And uh, while you're on that website, look at all of our sponsors. We've got great discounts there. Um, CCW Safe, we're going to talk about that in a second here. FL Radio 10, Maglite, Firing Line 15%. Uh, cutting Edge Bullets, use Firing Line for 20% off on that. We've got all kinds of swag. Um, EMP Shield, you know, we've got uh, Firing Line as your discount code for 50 bucks off on that. So lots of ways to save money. And all that money you can save, you can donate to the Pacific Justice Institute at pji.org are out here fighting for your rights. Um, we talked about training. Now, there's 
this is the difficult thing is you, how do you get a gold level of this is what training should be. Somebody should be able to do X in California for your CCW. And this is a two edged sword to talk about it, but to qualify for your CCW is so simple. You could do it with a brick and you know, Rob High from CCW Safe and I talk about this all the time. We don't really want to make it more difficult for somebody to get a CCW, but training is essential and it needs to be your responsibility. To carry is your right. If you're carrying, it is your responsibility to know how to use this because you own every projectile you send down range, you own it till it stops moving. It's got your name on it. If it hits a bad guy, great. If it hits somebody behind the bad guy, not so good. Or, you know, obviously, we never want to see any innocence hurt. That's not the purpose of carrying a firearm. It's there to defend life, not property, but to, to defend life. And so how do you guys address your training standards and the liability factor? You know, we, as you heard on the on a couple of the commercials there, CCW Safe sponsors this show. They have unlimited criminal and civil um, defense coverages that's that's pretty much unheard of um so we always recommend somebody have that would you recommend for churches that they require that if someone's going to carry on their or some kind of a liability coverage if someone's going to carry as a security or usher or something like that yes um definitely it's uh for liability reasons alone is is it's it's important but also um just to make sure that the church has done everything they can to avoid an unnecessary uh, fatality or injury, uh, it's it's very important. I mean, every you know, head of a, a church, a pastor of a church, the last thing they want uh, to see happen is for someone to be killed, uh, a criminal or otherwise, and have to second guess as to whether or not that was necessary or could have been prevented uh, if their people had been trained. So this is just about being a good steward with uh, the knowledge and information that we have. Uh, and just being responsible, it's it's uh, it's very important. There's some other things that need to be addressed as well, if I could. I want to make sure I don't miss these. Um, and that is, uh, you know, the church also needs to look at their, their exiting procedures and uh, where their exits are. Uh, pastors need to uh, look at the risk element uh, with regard to their church. From the, the pulpit, for example, is there bulletproof, uh, you know, plexiglass behind the pulpit uh, protecting the church, the pastor? Does a pastor need a bulletproof vest? Perhaps uh, many pastors would would buy against would, would go against this, but some in some areas where you have high crime or it's a large church or maybe they're dealing with people with sort of uh, mental issues, um, this could be a, a very reasonable thing to do. In uh, this they, day and age, if you're a pastor preaching out of the Bible, you you deserve a bulletproof vest. <laughs> yeah, if someone preaching <laughs> someone preaching say in a public place, uh, we deal with public evangelists. Um, I think it's, it could be a good, uh, good, good advice for them to have uh, such protection. But so these are these are some uh, the, 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 some immediate protection measures, personal protection measures. As far as the, the church itself as a building and as a structure, I think it's important to address this as, as well. So ideally, it's great if a church can have some kind of a protective gate around the church um, yep. and uh, to protect it uh, from. Uh, you know, from people uh, make, make it more through. difficult for them to come in, have more defined entrance and exit places, ingress, egress. That's always a good thing. Um, also, adequate lighting uh, for a church. Um, the the more lighting there is, uh, the more, especially for evening events at a church, it's more li- less likely someone's going to want to come in. There's going to be clear lighting, seeing them. And then, of course, exterior cameras. Very important. This is a no-brainer. Uh, every church should have exterior cameras that are monitoring the entire facility from the outside. Uh, churches might even want some interior cameras as well. Uh, and then you want to make sure that these cameras are not like hidden and secluded places. Uh, you want people to be able to see looking at that church and be able to quickly see and assess, oh, there's cameras there. And those cameras need to be uh, in a system in a way that at the very least um, records, uh, doesn't just have live, you know, live you know, monitoring somewhere, it actually records on an ongoing basis uh, the uh, what's taking place. Uh, you can get these systems put in. They're not expensive. That will uh, record in a, in a, a box uh, 24-7 uh, for 28 days in a rolling way. So it's continually updating uh, and for the last 28 days. Uh, this is, is a, a very basic, very important 
uh, thing to, to have proper locks uh, on your church, uh, church facility uh, to, to assess, uh, you know, are they really uh, making the, the efforts? So let's say there's a, a threat that's, that they hear about uh, that's possibly coming in. Uh, they need to be able to do this. I know a church in San Francisco is a Baptist church in San Francisco. Uh, you know, they were having their church service and uh, there was rioters. Uh, this is a number of years ago, uh, trying to bust down the door. And the people in the church had to flee instead of law enforcement doing their job and arresting the thugs, the, the hate-filled thugs. Instead, the police said, you, you, you know, we can't protect you. You just need to, to flee. So they had an exit procedure. They left the building. Um, but, you know, that, that door had been a, an, you know, been a lightweight door, insufficient locks. Uh, could have been bust down, and, and who knows what would happen to the people in that church in a very intolerant, hate-filled city like San Francisco. It could be very dangerous. That um, reminds me of a little story in uh, in Genesis about a little city where the hate-filled mob kept bound, banging on the door, um, and the angels had to kind of blind, blind them. And then, uh, of course, the next day, the whole place fried. Um, just, why is that so similar with San Francisco? I don't know, that particular city. Yeah, it's just yeah, kind of odd. It, and, and, you, and I like the point you mentioned, you said blind them. So you know, we were talking about usage of guns. Um, it's oh, not just... Light, lights are amazing. Yeah, light, lights are great. But there's other tools that can be used. For example, uh, someone might want to have your, your, your ushers and people may be equipped with pepper spray. Um, you may have someone that's a threat, maybe someone with a knife. Uh, yeah, you could take them out with a gun. Um, but maybe looking at the size of their blade and... Their, their temperament, et cetera, uh, pepper spray may be sufficient to, to bring them to the ground and you could then, um, you know, disarm them and, and, and not have to take their life. So um, different levels of protection. Yep. Uh, it should be a, a, a part of the, the process, not just uh, guns. But I will tell you, I feel very secure when I go to church because I know the church I attend, um, which will remain nameless uh, for, for security reasons. <laughs> um that uh, I know every Sunday there's at least three, um, three men that have concealed weapons. And, uh, and I, I feel very, very secure. And they, they engage in these, these process. Uh, they go through these processes. And uh, it's very important. Sometimes we just think of Sunday morning. It's not just Sunday morning. Um, it's also other times as well. Sunday school classes, Sunday school teachers. These are kids, the most vulnerable. Um, they need to be put in the loop. Uh, they need to be made aware of what's happening. Not just a sanctuary protected, but it's also nice to have someone who can um, also be close to and near the, the Sunday school classes to be able to uh, to take action as, as needed as well. So I only have a few minutes left here, and I want to touch on this. What about when the state says you can't have a firearm on a school property and that's a church on the weekends? Yeah, they should contact Pacific Justice Institute immediately for that. Um, I believe that uh, that uh, this the school the private we're talking about private schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, given the case law that we have that came out of New York, I think they'd have an excellent um, legal argument and a legal case to uh, in, in that that scenario. So they should not hesitate to contact Pacific Justice Institute. So if you have if you have a private school on the church grounds, you still ha- run afoul of this, and that's why you're saying contact them. If you're leasing a public school, you're definitely running afoul of that, and you want to make sure you contact PJI.org, right? Yes, yeah. With a public school, they can have their policies and procedures set up. Um, it's a little more problematic. Uh, we'd have to to look at that scenario and just to see what rights as a as a leasee uh, they have. Um, to the premises, um, how unqualified that, that, that those rights are, or how qualified they are and restricted they are. Uh, that's, that's what we'd have to look at. All right, folks, I want to thank my very special guest. And he is very special because he's working for us all the time. Brad Dacus, PJI.org, folks, PJI.org. Get involved. Look up their church security stuff, all the other things they do. Send them some funds so they can continue this fight. So while you're in a nice conservative place, send some money so they can go fight this somewhere else. Somebody had to fight in New York in the Bruin case. We all get have the benefits of that. So make sure that you support them, pji.org. Brad, thank you so much for your time. Have a great week. Take care. Thank you. God bless. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. <laughs> 
when you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice, no sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.